John 1.17 For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, good morning and uh, welcome to Christ Community Chapel on this, the greatest day in the Christian calendar. Today we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, thanks so much for coming. I'm really glad you're here. If you are here for the first time in a long time, uh, welcome back. And if you are here for the first time and visiting, we're so glad you're here. Uh, just for everybody, welcome. Hey, I have good news. Uh, we're open next week too. All right, that's good. I welcome those of you at our East service, uh, those of you who are out in the atrium, wherever you are. Welcome. All right, for the last two months, uh, we have been in a series on the Gospel of John. And the whole series was planned with this day in mind. The Gospel of John is answering a question, and that question is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? That is the most important question for anyone and everyone to answer. And I know that's a bold statement to say that for you, answering the question, who is Jesus, is the most important question that you will ever answer. But the reason I say that is in John chapter 14, Jesus makes a claim that no other religious leader ever dared to make. Not Confucius, not Gandhi, not Buddha, uh, not Muhammad. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. The reason that question is so critical is because Jesus makes the claim of exclusivity that no one will get to God without him. And that claim is either true or false. If it's false, and there are other ways to get to God, if you can just be a good person and get to God, or you can follow another religion as long as you are sincere and you can get to God, then Christianity just kind of falls apart, and celebrating Easter is just silly. But if that claim is true, and the only way you will ever get to God is through Jesus, then Jesus is the one person you have to figure out before you die. That's why it's impossible to be neutral about Jesus. All right, so we are in our ninth week of this 10-week series, and we have come to verse 17, and it was just read to you, but let me read it again. This is the verse. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I had three points that I'm going to pull out of that verse so you know kind of where I'm going. I want to look at what we expect from God, what we get from God, and how we get it. What we expect from God, what we get from God, and then how we get it. First, what we expect from God. What the verse says is this, for the law was given through Moses. All right, we really expect two things from God, and they both make sense. One is we expect God to have some rules. We expect God to have some rules because as human beings, we need rules. Now, I have this, uh, my newest grandson is Ezekiel. I know I've, I've used him several times in my messages lately, 
Part of it is that he's the newest addition to our family, and whenever there's a new human being that comes into my kind of purview, I'm reminded of things that I have forgotten long ago. But one of the things that is true of Ezekiel, he's now seven months old, which means he's about to get mobile. And uh, when a, a baby begins to crawl, they become probably the fastest mammal on the planet. Right? It's unbelievable how fast kids can scurry around. And they also have an, uh, an amazing knack for finding anything dangerous in your house that's two feet or lower. If you drop a paperclip in the middle of shag carpeting, and I don't know if anybody has shag carpeting anymore, but a baby will find that paperclip in 30 seconds and put it in their mouth. So my daughter, uh, in the next few weeks, is going to start saying words like stop and don't a lot. Those are rules. We need rules to protect ourselves, but we also need rules to protect other people. I had my uh, my daughter, we were having a Zoom call with my daughter the other day, and she had Ezekiel on her lap, and he is teething now. So uh, as we were talking, he was, my daughter wasn't paying attention, and then Ezekiel grabbed her finger, put it in his mouth, and then chomped down. And you could see her wince, right? It's okay, because he is her mother, and uh, she's got tough fingers. But eventually, he's going to start to socialize with other kids, and he's going to grab their fingers. In fact, I'll tell you this. In between first and second service, I went back to my office and checked my phone. And my daughter, who lives in Houston, had watched the first service. And she said, hey, funny story, Dad. Ezekiel bit somebody yesterday, right? <laughs> so we need laws to protect us. We need laws to protect others. So for most of us, the Ten Commandments make sense. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't kill, right? So it makes sense, and we can expect that God would have rules. The second thing we expect from God is that there would be consequences for breaking those rules. Because if you don't have consequences, then a rule really isn't a rule. A law is not really a law. I live right next uh, to a three-way stop. Uh, my road dead ends into what is a cut-through road in my neighborhood. So there are three stop signs, one where my road meets, and then where the cut-through happens, there's a stop sign on both sides, right? So the people who cut through my neighborhood are supposed to stop, but a lot of them don't, and you know who you are, right? <laughs> but every once in a while, a police car will park right out in front of my house, and I love that. Right? Because it's consequence time. And for a while, everyone stops. Because we, when we connect law with consequences, uh, that has some teeth to it. Right? So it makes sense that God would have rules. And it makes sense that there would be consequences if we break any of those rules or laws. But the problem is that all of us hate to be caught in the middle of law and consequence. Right? I was uh, going north on 91 uh, towards Starbucks, and I wanted to make, I was coming here, it was early in the morning, and I wanted to turn left, and so I jumped into the turn lane a little early. Might have been a lot early, right? The police car that should have been at my three-way stop <laughs> was at Starbucks, 
He pulled me over and I rolled down my window and he said, you crossed the double yellow line way before the turn lane began. Is there any good reason you have for doing that? And I was thinking, could you give me a couple suggestions <laughs> what a good reason might sound like? It made perfect sense. I, I like that there are laws. I like that there are consequences to those laws. That all makes sense to me. But I desperately wanted to avoid the $192 ticket that I got. <laughs> That's what we expect from God. We expect him to have rules. We expect him to have consequences. The second point is what we get from God. Look at the verse. It says this. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Now, every human being is unique. We're all different. You know, I, I like uh, walk, when I'm walking in an airport, I like to look at people's faces and I try to play a game. I try to put them in three different categories. People I know, people I don't know, people who look like people I know. And I do that, and I, I'm just amazed at how fast the mind can categorize people like that based on the smallest differences between faces. So we're all unique. We're all different. But in at least one way, we are all the same, is that every human being has in our core a deep need to be known and to be loved, to be known and to be loved. It is the cry of every human heart. It is the cry deep down in your heart and every person you are sitting around. The need to be known, the need to be loved. Right? But if that is our deepest need, it is also the place of our deepest fear. Because our deepest fear is that if anyone really knew us, really knew the truth about us, they could not or they would not Love us. It's one of the reasons why an AA meeting is so powerful. If you've never been to an AA meeting, you've probably seen one on TV and how they start. And if I were to go to an AA meeting, the way, and I were to speak, the way I was supposed to start is this, to say, hi, I'm Joe. I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. That's truth. This is who I am. This is what I am. And then everyone in the room is supposed to respond Hi, Joe. That's right. And what they're saying is grace. We see what you are. We see who you are. And we welcome you. I told you last week that grace is the most powerful, most potent form of love in the world. It is like love distilled. Grace is love when you need it the most and deserve it the least. Scotty Scheffler is a professional golfer. He just won the Masters tournament last weekend. The Masters tournament, probably the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. Scotty Scheffler's 25 years old, never won a major, was three strokes up going into Sunday, which is a good lead, but it's not a safe lead. And he said in an interview after winning the Masters that Sunday morning he woke up in a panic, like a panic attack. And he turned to his wife, Meredith, and he said, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's too much pressure. I'm going to collapse. And then everyone will know that I'm a failure, right? And his wife, Meredith, grabbed him and said, look at me. Look at me. Scotty, if you totally collapse, 
If you lose this tournament, if you never win another tournament, another golf tournament, as long as you live, look at me. I will still love you. And Jesus loves you. What was she doing? She was taking him at his deepest moment of fear. That fear that if people really knew the truth about him, that he couldn't stand up to the pressure. She offered him grace. There is nothing more powerful in the world than being loved when you need it the most, when you deserve it the least. It's what your soul longs for. It's what your soul needs. So that brings me to the last question. How do we get it? How do we get it? That's what it says. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth, came through Jesus Christ. So John is answering this question, who is Jesus? And what he says is that Jesus is the one, is the secret for you receiving what your soul deeply longs for, what you have looked for your whole life, whether you realize it or not, which is grace and truth. Listen, I believe in Christianity with every fiber of my being, but I I don't believe in Christianity just because it's wonderful. And it is wonderful. It's not a, a leap of faith for me to believe in Christianity. I believe in Christianity because it makes sense. It's logical. This is what I mean. I understand it makes sense to me that God has laws and that there are consequences for breaking those laws. It makes sense to me that there is grace and truth that I long for. This is what I mean. All right, uh, we have a basketball goal in my backyard. It's a beautiful basketball court, and the goal is like one of those goals that you can crank down so you can dunk no matter how short you are. And that has nothing to do with my story. I just think it's cool, right? But I have two, my two oldest grandsons are Liam and Connor, and they love to play basketball. But we have a rule at Papa Joe's house. I'm Papa Joe. And that's that basketball stay outside. No basketballs in the house. Now, this is hypothetical. Let's say that Liam comes into the house with the basketball, and his brother Connor tries to steal the basketball, and all I hear is a lamp crashing into a thousand pieces. And I come into the room, and I say, what happened? Did you do this? And they look at me, and they nod, yes. That's truth. The Bible would call that confession. And then they're looking at me with wide eyes, wondering what the consequences will be for breaking a rule they knew was a rule. And I look at them calmly. Remember, this is hypothetical. (laughs) I look at them calmly and I say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to make you pay for the lamp. You don't even have to clean it up. You're forgiven. Go outside. Go play. Now, they go outside, and they're filled with joy and relief. But what happens? What happens to the lamp that's been broken into a thousand pieces? You know what happens? If I tell them they don't have to clean it up, that means I clean it up. If I tell them they don't have to pay for the lamp, that means I pay for the lamp. This is why Christianity makes so much sense to me. No other religion has a mechanism that works with forgiveness the way we know forgiveness works. Forgiveness is not free. It's never free. When I tell Liam and Connor, 
you don't have to pay. What I'm telling them is that's okay. I'll pay. I'll pay. That's what forgiveness is. So when Jesus, when people say, why did Jesus have to be crucified? Because that's the way forgiveness works. We know that's the way forgiveness works. Listen, all of God's commandments are made, his law is not made to protect God's stuff. His laws are made to protect people. Because hurt people hurt people. And sinful people sin against people. It's like Jesus walks into the room that is my world. And he sees all the people that I have hurt, all the brokenness that I have caused in my entire life and says, Joe, did you do this? And I have to look at Jesus and say, yeah, I did all of this. And then Jesus, and of course that's truth, that's confession. And then Jesus says to me, Joe, look at me. You don't have to pay. I won't hold you responsible for the consequences of all that you have done. Instead, I'll pay. I'll pay. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, right before he goes to the cross, he gets all his disciples together, and they have what's called the Last Supper. It's when he institutes what we call communion, which we're going to take in just a little bit. But when he's giving them this Last Supper, he takes a, a cup of wine, and this is what he says about that, and this is in Matthew chapter 26. He says, For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, listen, you won't have to pay because I'll pay. He's saying you can be forgiven because I'm going to the cross. That's why the cross makes sense to me. But then we're here celebrating today the resurrection of Jesus. Why did Jesus resurrect? Well, let me ask you this. How would Liam and Connor be sure that I had paid for their sin, their breaking the rule? If they come in the house and the lamp is cleaned up and there's a brand new lamp in its place, that's how they know for sure. How do you know for sure that God has offered you grace and truth through Jesus? And the answer is the resurrection. Christianity is the only major religion that is founded on a historical event, the death and resurrection of Jesus, so you would know. So let me tell you this. If you are here and you're not sure where you stand with Jesus or how you would answer the question, who is Jesus? Let me just say this. If deep down in your soul you do have a fear that if anyone ever knew the whole truth about you, they could not or would not love you. Jesus says to you, I do and I will. That is the most amazing, wonderful thing. Listen, if you are already a follower of Jesus, which means you know what it is to stand in the room of your world and have Jesus come in and say, all that you have wrecked, I will make whole, and I forgive you. Then this is what I want you to do. For the next couple of weeks, every time you see something broken, whether it's a taillight or a branch falling off a tree or a dish 
that you break. I want you to be reminded that in all the brokenness you have caused and all the brokenness in your soul, that Jesus is the one who came to make that whole, to make you whole. For all of you, I want you to know that Jesus is the one who holds your face in his hand and says, listen to me, listen to me. If everything you think, everything you fear comes true, I will still love you. Jesus is the one who loves you when you need it the most and deserve it the least. That the law came through Moses, what we expect from God. Grace and truth, what we long for, comes through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and I am so, so grateful. I'm grateful that uh, everything to me, makes so much sense. I understand. I, I, I understand that God would make rules. That makes sense. That there would be consequences for breaking those rules. I know in my heart I have broken those rules and hurt people. And I know forgiveness is not free. And you have come. And through your life, you have lived the life that I should have lived. You have died the death I deserve to die. And then you resurrected to make sure that we would all know that God loves us in grace and truth. When we deserved it the least, you gave us the most. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen.